This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. Alvin Bragg unveils pathetically weak indictment, fails to name an actual crime? What world do we live in? Defiant Donald Trump returns to Mar-a-Lago, gives best speech of his career. And Laura Trump... You might know her. Joins the show today to tell us everything. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. You know, you might look around and say, maybe the system is rigged against me. Maybe the system is rigged against the uh, the the security of my family and the value that I'm trying to build here in the country. And if they can go after billionaire Donald Trump, well, maybe they can go after me. And maybe that's exactly what they're doing right now with the destruction of the dollar and the destruction of all of our banking system and security here in the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, my, now is probably the best time to protect what you have worked hard for. I encourage you to check out my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver and have it delivered securely right to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there is only one universal currency, and it has been gold, precious metals. Allegiance Gold has the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with TrustLink and AAA, and the Better Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Get $5,000 in free silver and a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithbenny.com today, or give them a call at 844-790-9191. Protect with Benny today. Ladies and gentlemen. Solid gold is what we saw yesterday in this image. This is the iconic image of Donald Trump. There, the man versus the machine. This is the iconic image from yesterday. It looks like something out of a Gotham City Batman uh, 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 set piece. It's incredible. It's stunning. And it's exactly what Donald Trump promised us. Because what happened yesterday was Donald Trump was made the most correct man in American history. Donald Trump has been promising you and telling you that there is a machine out there that is dead set on your destruction, that these people are bloody, filthy, cretinous, goblin-like individuals, and they are ready to go after you and everything you've worked for, and that he is the one standing the way. He represents you. And Donald Trump was made correct yesterday. He was proven true. Donald Trump has been telling us this for a very long time. He's been talking about how there is an elite and corrupt system of individuals that exist outside of our government, outside of the democratic processes, and that those people belong in jail. Donald Trump has told those people to their face they belong in jail. And I can show you right here the moment that Donald Trump's indictment was secured. Here. It is... Uh it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. That was it. That was all I needed to see to know that Donald Trump was the existential threat. And then Donald Trump did, of course, the unthinkable. Donald Trump actually won the election in 2016. 
in spite of having all of the tools of the regime and the administrative state set against him, in spite of having every single barrier put in his way via the corporate press, the FBI, uh, the deep state, the Obama administration, he won. And then Donald Trump gave an inauguration address. Donald Trump's inauguration address outlined precisely who the enemy of the American people is. Watch. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. So what Donald Trump is talking about there is a parasite class that strips America of its value while they get rich and while you get poor. It's very simple stuff. The forgotten man and woman was the cornerstone of Donald Trump's race in 2016. He said he represents them. And he said so once he became president, he would not forget them. Matters is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. January 20th, 2017 will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The forgotten men and women of our country. Now, this is not a recent phenomenon. In fact, the forgotten men and women of our country is the reason we have a country. If you go back to our founding documents, go back to the Declaration of Independence, the original founding document, you can find simply a list of grievances for people who believe that they have been forgotten by a ruling class that existed far away that didn't care about them. It's the same message. More importantly, this was an extrajudicial ruling class that didn't live by the same standards or have the same laws or rules of the colonists. In fact, they ruled over them and there was no way for the colonists to do anything about it. This is what Trump has always represented, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. It is to institute a new government, laying its foundation on such principles as organizing its power in such form as to them 
to be most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Donald Trump was a safety and happiness candidate in 2016. He was the embodiment of what created this country in the first place, giving a voice to forgotten men and women. That's why the cover image of this live is Donald Trump as a revolutionary war soldier. He is in fact a revolutionary standing against a corrupt system that is outside of the bounds of your control or representation. You cannot affect it. You cannot fight it. You must defeat it. Now, that system was always going to come after Donald Trump. It was going to throw everything they had at him. And that system has. There's an impressive thread from Kim.com this morning that I thought was absolutely prescient uh, for this moment about how Barack Obama is essentially sharpening an axe and chopping wood against Trump using the powers of this permanent government from behind the scenes. Donald Trump has done the thing that is unforgivable, which is to call out this unelected system of government, bureaucrats, deep state, the permanent state, call it what you will. It was Barack Obama who orchestrated the sabotage against the Trump presidency. Obama ordered the spying against Trump and his allies. That all followed from Flynn and the Russia hoax. Trump was a threat to Obama, Clinton, Biden. If he had uncovered the corruption from China and Ukraine, they could all be in jail. And they should be in jail. Trump's draining the swamp had to be stopped. The deep state is in bed with Obama, Clinton, Biden, and vice versa. Together, they prevent and must prevent another Trump presidency or be destroyed. Trump was a fool in his first term. He did not understand how powerful the deep state forces were in both the Democratic and Republican Party. The deep state plays both sides. Trump appointed people who played to his ego, charmed him, and then stabbed him in the back. I do agree with that. Now Trump is even more dangerous because he finally understands the corruption and the corrupt game that they are playing. If Trump wins again, he would appoint people that he can trust and dismantle the deep state, which protects Obama, Clinton, Biden. The Obama, Clinton, Biden indictment against Trump has corruption written all over it. Matthew Colangio is a former deputy assistant to Obama and now leads the case against Trump as the Manhattan DA's office, not to mention the Soros donation to District Attorney Alvin Bragg. It could not be more obvious. You can see it here. Matthew Colangio, why would this man go and work inside of some petulant district attorney's office? This man worked at the DOJ. This man was an appointment from Barack Obama. Doesn't make any sense. Don't make no sense. That seems like a uh, bit of a demotion there. But of course, this man had a singular purpose, a special purpose. And his special purpose was to get Donald Trump. And that is what they intended on doing. And that is what they did yesterday. Barack Obama has straight up bragged about pulling the strings behind the curtain. Barack Obama is running his third term in the shadows. You just have to listen to his word. And they're running this against Donald Trump. You saw the first shot across the bow at preventing Donald Trump from becoming president again yesterday. The unsealing of the 34 felony counts detailed a scheme to prevent Donald Trump 
from winning the election in 2024. That is what the scheme is about. The indictment was unsealed as Donald Trump walked into the courtroom. And what did we find inside of that indictment? Well, we found that they cannot name a crime that was broken. They didn't name any underlying federal statute that caused them to charge Donald Trump with 34 crimes. Now, you may ask, Betty, that makes no sense. How can you arrest someone without a crime and without naming the crime? <laughs> you see, we've been talking a lot about Levante Barra on the show. We've been talking a lot about Marxism, cultural Marxism on this show, the new American Bolsheviks. And now you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Here, check out this tweet from Technofog, one of our favorite uh, uh, legal commentators on the internet saying, something that is missing inside of the charging documents of Donald Trump is a specific federal law that Trump violated. One of our most trusted legal minds, probably the person we trust the very most in America is somebody who worked in the attorney general's office for Ronald Reagan, Mark Levin, who went on an absolute terror against this document. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I certainly read the document and I understand these basic terms, but I can't put it better than Mark Levin does right here. You would have thought he's the criminal of this thing. What exactly did he do? So they have to concoct all these phony crimes because he didn't do anything. So the Manhattan DA should be disbarred, not only because of the way he campaigned, because you know what? This is crap that a pre-law student shouldn't even put in front of a damn judge. That's number one. Number two, Letitia James in Albany looking for crimes and then goes after civil suits. She's another one who should be disbarred for the way that she campaigned. The legal profession is an embarrassment right now. The judges are a humiliation right now. They need to get their ass in gear and get their act together and get this country back instead of giving a rubber stamp to all this behavior. That's number one. We have a Democrat attorney general in New York, a Democrat DA in Manhattan, a Democrat DA in Atlanta, a Democrat appointed by the Democrat attorney general for the Biden administration in Washington, D.C., What's going on here? This party wants to change the Supreme Court. They want to change the Senate. They want to eliminate the filibuster rule, eliminate the Electoral College. They're attacking the First Amendment. They want to eliminate the Second Amendment. They're violating the Fourth and the Fifth Amendment. You know what this is? This is tyranny. This is why we started off the show with the Declaration of Independence. Because tyranny is an unelected system of government that you cannot fight that oppresses you and you can do nothing about it. That is the definition of tyranny. And that is what the founders faced and that is what we face now today. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. We talk a lot about Soviet police states and Soviet gulags. Well, because that's where we're heading. We're heading towards a neo-Marxist society here. Now, Mark Levin says there's no underlying crime. Nothing is, where's the crime? He's right. And don't trust just Mark Levin, even though you should trust Mark Levin, trust Alvin Bragg. The Soros-funded DA who brought these charges had to answer questions about, um, hey, where the hell is the crime here yesterday? Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bragg, the indictment says that uh, there were 34 false uh, business uh, uh, records. 
And they would not conceal another crime, but the indictment does not specifically say what those crimes were. We are assuming, perhaps, that they might be election-related. I'm wondering if you can specify what laws were also broken. So let me let me say as an initial matter, the, the indictment doesn't specify because the law does not so require. Uh, in my remarks, I mentioned a couple of laws, which I will highlight uh, again now. Uh, the, the, the first is New York State election law which makes it a crime uh, to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. Uh, I further indicated a, a number of unlawful means, including ad more additional false statements, including statements that were planned to be made to tax authorities. Uh, I also noted the federal election law cap on contraband contribution uh, limits. But why weren't there those crimes charged? Well, we, we I'm not going to go into our deliberate process on what was brought. The charges that were brought were the ones that were brought. The evidence in the law uh, is, is the basis for those decisions. So let's go down the list here of all of the people that know that this is absolute hot garbage. And these people are not Trump defenders. These, in fact, are people who do not wish to ever see Trump name on a ballot ever again. These are people who are actively running against Donald Trump for president. Guys like John Bolton, who assisted in crafting the original campaign finance law, which is now being utterly and totally rewritten, saying that all personal expenditures are campaign expenditures. This is a total and complete inversion of all written campaign finance law. Alvin Bragg is going to see his day in court here. Man, believe that. Kevin McCarthy has been going on a terror against Alvin Bragg, and so are multiple members of Congress. I believe uh, justice will come and come swiftly for Alvin Bragg, but we'll see. Starting off, ladies and gentlemen, with a guy named John Bolton, who helped craft this law in the first place, who's running against Donald Trump for the presidency. Here's what he had to say on CNN. Possibly the most face-melting comment of the day comes from Mr. Mustache. Go. One big picture. What do you think of the indictment? Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a, a quick acquittal for Trump. Just speaking, going back to the days when I represented Jim Buckley and Gene McCarthy and the constitutional challenge to the underlying federal statute here passed in 1974, I can say there is no basis in the statutory language to say that Trump's behavior forms either a contribution or an expenditure under federal law, the two key definitions at issue here. Uh, if it did, it would mean that every single expenditure a candidate made could be taken to have uh, something to do with his campaign. Do I buy a $1 comb to comb my hair or $10 comb to comb my hair? Uh, if, if you can construe the statute to cover this behavior, then I think it violates the First Amendment because you're deeply into territory that, that uh, makes this statute absolutely, the federal statute, too vague for enforcement. And as what I understood the district attorney to say that he thinks there's a New York election law involved here, all I can say is the Federal Election Campaign Act absolutely preempts any state or local law to the contrary. How could it be otherwise? You've got one law governing corporate finance in a presidential election at the federal level. You're going to have 50 state laws interfering with it. So he's just wrong on the applicability of the New York statute. Wrong, wrong, 
wrong. It's difficult to explain because campaign finance law is very difficult and complex. It is more tangled and it's more spaghetti-like than the American tax code. But what John Bolton is saying there is, one, federal law preempts any stupid state law they're trying to cobble together. And two, what he's doing is he's essentially charging the same crime 34 times with different dates on different data entry points for a spreadsheet that shows that he's using personal funds for personal expenses. That's actually what you should do. Donald Trump actually followed the law here, even if he did in fact pay Stormy Daniels. And oh, by the way, you're charging him for trying to affect the outcome of an election? Hey, idiots, that's what you do in politics. You affect the outcome of an election. You try and stop stories from coming out that might hurt you. That's what everyone does. This is politics. It's a game. It's a game they're playing. They know that this is garbage. They know it's hot garbage. They asked the TDS, I mean, literally blood in their eyes, TDS, straight jackets on, legal advisors to CNN to comment on this. And what's the first word that comes out of her mouth? Watch. It may be or may not be um, your reaction now that you've had a chance to go through it. Um, is it what you thought it was going to be? And are you unimpressed. It, it is what I thought it was going to be uh, in terms of focusing on the payments that were made, the falsification of the records, and really tied to the payment that was made to Stormy Daniels. Uh, in terms of a case that's being brought against a former president, it's a little underwhelming. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it had like some thing he made marks on paper, but um, it's underwhelming. Oh, my God. You have people like Van Jones on CNN saying that this is a huge cultural mistake. And now you're seeing polling uh, that is absolutely rocketing Donald Trump. I mean, you're talking 30, 40 points ahead in the polls. A total inversion. Polls that were showing Trump, Biden beating Trump in 2024, correction, forgive me, uh, now have flipped. These are starting to come out today. It takes a while to poll people. You are going to see a massive, massive change in energy towards Donald Trump. Look at these images from yesterday. Trump raising his fist outside of Trump Tower. This is arguably the iconic image from yesterday. Trump in court. This man does not look scared, nor did he act scared. Does this look like a man who is terrified to you? Does this look like a man who is worried to you? I believe that they know that this is going to be absolutely dismissed. In fact, Donald Trump said at his Mar-a-Lago speech, and we'll get to those clips in just a second here, that he was offered a plea agreement. So he, he was offered by Alvin Bragg an agreement to say, I'm guilty of this. And then Alvin Bragg lowers the charges, right? Trump said, no, bring it to a trial. Let's go. Let's go. It's go time. I want the jury. I Even in dark blue New York, I want the jury. I'll stand in the gap. Trump's lawyer saying this will not see a jury. This is such a weak case. 
Based on the fact that Alvin Bragg ran to go after Donald Trump and he made it that a campaign uh, promise, uh, would that be a motion yep. possibility for recusal? Uh, are you going to uh, put forth a motion for a change of venue? Uh, or are you going to put forward a, a, a motion uh, about prosecutorial misconduct or selective prosecution, considering this has never happened? Last question. Yes, um, we're going to put forth all sorts of motions. Look, we just got this indictment today. Doesn't really help us that much. We have a statement of facts. We'll get and get some discovery and some evidence. And we have four months to make motions. But I will tell you, a motion to dismiss is coming on several grounds. Prosecutorial misconduct, selective prosecution, for sure will be two of them. Legal insufficiency is another one. But but we have a clear case of selective prosecution. If this man's and name was not President Donald J. Trump, he would not... He would not be prosecuted. We're looking at statute of limitations. There's a whole host of, of motions that's going to be, you know, right. levied here. And I will tell you this. This case won't see a jury, in my opinion. It won't see a jury. But what it will see is wall-to-wall -wall news coverage. That's all you saw yesterday. We were live for like seven hours yesterday. So we feel that. We felt an obligation to try and reprogram the news around this moment. Just to show you exactly how sad and solemn the corporate press were in covering all of this, here's a uh, small, humiliating, and utterly debasing sampling of the degenerate coverage uh, of this moment. It's a sad day for America. Hard stop. This is no time for celebration. Uh, you know, I think it's sad. I have fought Trump for a long time, but I'm sad that this has happened. How are you feeling about a historic day? I, you know, it's it's sad. And this is a day of profound sadness that an ex-president uh, is indicted, but it's also a time to celebrate. Because it's a sad moment to see a former president have to do this, even though we feel it could lead to justice. If, 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 you, if you don't see this, it's a sad day for America. It's a sad day for America. It's a sad day. Well, I don't think anybody can consider it a good day. Regardless of anything, it's just really sad. It's a sadness, I, I think, uh, that we got to this point. I just want to remain measured. The left, full of somber support. I think, really, this should be a somber moment. It is a serious, somber, solemn moment. It's obviously a somber moment, and it's a, it's a sad moment. Well, it's really a sad day when we get to this point. Incredibly sad day for our country. It is a serious night. And a somber moment for our country. So this is a really sad moment and a perilous moment. I mean, I, I think it is a sad. Mm, you have to admire communists for one thing is that, man, when they get the talking points and they all come from Jen Psaki and her little PR firm, when they get the talking points, they follow those talking points, man. You talk to Republicans, they're all over the map. But boy, when Democrats get handed that sheet of paper, say you say sad and you say somber and they go, Sad, somber. Can't make fun of George Thoroth. It is really impressive how on message they are. Somebody who's not impressive for Democrats on message is cringe Jean Pierre. Cringe Jean Pierre yesterday trying to defend this or not defend it from the White House press dais. There is a sense in the air that this may backfire. I'm starting to pick that up. That this may backfire, that they're trying as hard as they can to do 2016 redux, and they're they're scratching their heads saying, wait a second, we lost in 2016. Is, this, is, it, is it smart to go in all Leroy Jenkins Kool-Aid man on Donald Trump again? 
is this smart? I'm starting to get you're starting to get that like sort of paranoia. This exchange with Peter Ducey yesterday uh, at the White House is our nuclear cringe for the day. Cringe Jean Pierre versus Peter Ducey on Trump's indictment. <laughs> Biden is a lawyer. Is he and, and the president of the United States and the commander in chief. But go ahead. He is. But uh, as a lawyer, is he concerned at all that a local DA indicting a former president could, down the line, open up the possibility, set the precedent, that local DAs that don't like former President Biden could indict him? I'm not going to comment from here. Why don't you have more to say about the Trump indictment? It is an ongoing um, case, and I've been very clear about that. We've been prudent about that, not commenting on ongoing cases, but, and we're going to stick to that. But for Peter. better or worse, all that anybody in the country is talking about at this exact moment while we are in here is Trump. And they look here to find out what the White House thinks about it, and... Well... I think the American people should feel reassured that when there is an ongoing case like this one, that we're just not commenting. And so does the lack of comment mean that you do not think anything happening in New York today is one of the top issues facing the country at the moment? That's your assessment. Uh, that's not my assessment. I'm just laying out the facts that we are just not going to comment on an ongoing uh, case from here. And we've been very consistent. We've been very prudent. And we're going to stick there. Hmm. We're just not going to comment on an ongoing case, even though Joe Biden has said many times he wants to put his political enemies in jail. Joe Biden has said that. Joe Biden has said he's going to use every measure in the Constitution to stop Donald Trump from running again. They've been planning all of this. This is all centrally planned. And you got to give them you got to give them some credit for having a plan, I guess. And the next plan is pretty simple. They're going to bring weak beer, piss and vinegar indictments against Trump again and again and again. Not because they think that it'll put him in jail because these are not not real crimes. They think that it's going to erode Trump's support among low information independents and suburban wine moms who are going to say, I can't vote for a criminal. It's enough to get a headline. And so that's what they've gotten. They got their furious, somber, furious, somber moments. That's what they've gotten. This was the goal. And so what happened afterward? And Donald Trump walked into the court, said not guilty, walked out, went straight to Florida, and then gave, I think, the best speech of his life. Donald Trump one hell of an address last night. I tell you what, he's back. This is the 2016 energy again. This is the energy that attracts people who have never voted before. This is the energy that pulls in people who are not supposed to be part of the Republican Party. This is the energy that fills a ballot with Republican victories, as we saw in 2016, and staves off Democrat landslides like we saw in 2018, when Republicans held the Senate, in spite of the fact that you know, there were a lot of wins against the Republican Party there, historic and otherwise. This is the energy. This is the focus. This is the specific focus. Donald Trump yesterday slamming Bragg after pleading not guilty. I never thought anything like this could happen in America. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. 
And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. Donald Trump, they wanted to settle the case, but I want to know part of that. This was my favorite news-breaking moment. A lot of what Trump said yesterday, you could sort of expect it was classic Trump. This is the best piece of news. This means that the DA, because this is uh, not a civil case, the DA offered him a plea agreement, and Donald Trump said, no, take this to a trial. This is the alpha energy that people expected uh, from Donald Trump yesterday, and they got every ounce of it. But our heads are held very, very high. They want to settle the case, but I want no part of that. So Donald Trump, that was a piece of breaking news there. Trump on Alvin Bragg saying this is the man who belongs in prison because he's leaking documents. And oh, by the way, he's being backed up by Kevin McCarthy on that, uh, saying Alvin Bragg is indeed the person who is breaking the law here. This was the biggest applause line of the night based on my listening. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury. <laughs> for which he should be prosecuted or at a minimum, he should resign. So how good was Donald Trump's address last night? Trust me, news cameras did not stop covering at Donald Trump's every single step. I mean, you're talking like outside a live shot of Mar-a-Lago starting at 8 a.m. yesterday. I'm sorry, forgive me, starting outside of Donald Trump Tower in New York. But over the course of the last 72 hours, it has just been nonstop live shots of Donald Trump. Yet Donald Trump is live yesterday, giving an actual address, actually speaking to the cameras, and they cut away. Rachel Maddow did this. It tells you everything. They knew this was strong from Donald Trump. They know they're losing in this narrative battle. Take it away. Is making remarks tonight um, from his home in Florida. As far as we can tell, and what we were prepared for here is that this is basically a campaign speech in which he is repeating his same lies and allegations against his perceived enemies. It is just getting started. Um, so far, he's just giving his normal list of grievances. We don't consider that necessarily newsworthy, and there's a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. So uh, our deal with you is that we will monitor these remarks. If he does say anything newsworthy, we will turn them around and report on that right away. But uh, for now, just know that it's happening and we're not taking it. <laughs> we're not taking it. <laughs> you want to know how good it was? Oh, man, that's delicious. Your salty, salty tears. I love them. They taste like Rocky Road ice cream. This is uh, that was that was the best clip of the day. It was it was almost worth it for that. Donald Trump did not get perp walked. He didn't get frog walked. He didn't get uh, mug shotted. Donald Trump walked into the court, not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. 
free, free, free at last. Praise the Lord, I'm free at last, and then walked out. Kevin McCarthy had his boys back. Kevin McCarthy tweeting yesterday, uh, really strong tweet here, saying that Alvin Bragg is the one who belongs in prison, and maybe Congress will put him there. Bragg's weaponization of federal justice process will be held accountable by Congress. Kevin McCarthy going on to say, Alvin Bragg is attempting to interfere in our democratic process by invoking federal law to bring up politicized charges against Donald Trump, admittedly using federal funds, which means that Congress has a purview to look directly into Alvin Bragg. So careful what you wish for, turnabout is fair play, and oh, how the turntables turn, to paraphrase Michael Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we would like to tell you what's going on inside of the mind of Trump right now, what was happening inside of that room. But instead of attempting to read minds or be Nostradamus here, we'd rather just have a Trump on the program. And it's why we're honored to have somebody who was in the room and who has been integral in this process right now to tell us what's going on and where we go from here. A true fighter, Laura Trump, joins the program. Laura, welcome back. Thank you so much for being on The Benny Show. We really appreciate it. And what was it like last night inside of Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> well, I've listened to some of your commentary over the past 10 minutes or so, Benny, and I think you're spot on with all of it. Um, you know, it, it was really interesting because I was there when my father-in-law announced he was running in November, and I was there last night. And I would say that I've never seen Donald Trump more determined or more focused on becoming the 47th president than I saw him last night. I mean, you know, this is not the the first rodeo for our family. You've seen since the day Donald Trump announced he was running for president that there's been a target on his back. They have come after him in unprecedented ways. And now they have gone so far, of course, as to weaponize the justice system, one of our fundamental institutions here in America, against a political opponent. It is not lost on anyone. I think that for so many people, they said, well, wait, let's see what's actually in this indictment. Let's wait for it all to play out because there must be something big. If you are going to be the person to break history and be the, the first to ever indict a former president, the charges better be astronomical. You better have a solid case. And yet, what did we see? We, of course, got the indictment and it was actually even more laughable than predicted. They had to copy and paste so much of it to bulk it up to 34 charges. And there was actually no crime that Alvin Bragg could even admit to that Donald Trump committed. Uh, so it is so absurd and it is so obvious to people what is going on here. And I think my father-in-law has always felt like he is the true and real fighter for the people in this country, the patriots, the hardworking Americans, the people who get up every morning, go to work, pay your taxes and just want to raise your family. But man, has it ever been clearer now more than ever that Donald Trump is that guy. And I think he feels it. He knows that no one else, Benny, could have withstood the attacks he has endured. No one else would still be in this race. But the energy in that room last night and the energy from my father-in-law was unbelievable. He gets it. He knows what he has to do. I think he's bound and determined to become the 47th president. I believe that he he locked up the nomination 
I think, last night. This was like really the the announcement of the announcement, right? It was the set. It was the, the 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 second time he gets to essentially announce his run for president, and that 2016 energy was back. I could see it. You could see it was really like getting the gang back together again. You could feel it on the on the internet, pulsating through the meme accounts. Everyone <laughs> felt that energy, and it seemed as though Donald Trump, shockingly, was 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 walking on air. I mean, he seemed light. He was laughing. He was joking. He was feeling the audience. Uh, what was it like there in the front row? And give me some insight into uh, what your father-in-law is thinking right now. Well, look, uh, as everybody has detailed, there there's no crime that's been committed. So I think, you know, what you saw happen yesterday down at 100 Center Street in Manhattan, um, he knows like the rest of us, although it is very serious, although it is historic and, and probably the worst possible way, and although it signals that there are people who are literally willing to destroy America as we've always known it, as it has stood for nearly 250 years, um, that he has nothing to worry about because there really is is no crime that was committed. Um, and I think he knows and, and, it, it, and it felt like in that room last night that everybody there knew that uh, the swamp is terrified of Donald Trump. You know, there's a reason that they had to go out of their way to try and disqualify a candidate or throw even more mud on somebody running for president in this fashion. And it's because the people in Washington, D.C., those who have been getting a paycheck uh, from the American people for decades now and yet doing nothing for us, taking care of their own, the, the good old boys club as they've had it there in D.C., was threatened the first time around with Donald Trump. They know that if he gets another crack at it and gets back in that White House, the jig is up for all of them. And so I think that's that's very clear to my father-in-law now, now maybe more so than ever. Um, and so it was, it, interestingly, despite how sad a day and horrible a day it really was for America yesterday, and historic again in the worst possible ways, it really did seem like he's got the mission, he understands what he needs to do, and everybody in that room felt it as well. Yeah, I mean, this is now crystallized. It, it seemed mm -hmm. as now there is a united purpose and that Donald Trump has become uh, the most right man in American history because he's been promising this for a very long time, that thereafter you, I'm just standing in the way, and that this extrajudicial yep. government above our government will break any law and use any means in order to attack the American people. And you're now seeing it in Donald Trump. It must be very tough for you as a mother, as a family member, as somebody who clearly loves your father-in-law, loves your husband, uh, Eric, it must be very difficult. Can you speak to that from a fa from a, a sense of like the greater overall Trump family? Uh, how is this uh, affecting the family? Well, you know, they don't really make them tougher than uh, those in our family. If you got the last name Trump, man, we are weathered. We are war torn. We've been through many battles and uh, we expect there will be many more in the future. But obviously, it, it felt awful yesterday to, to see my father-in-law go through what he went through. Um, and, and I think anyone in my family would agree with that. Um, but it's kind of more of the same. It's what we've all become accustomed to. And I think it's because there is such a glaring double standard, Benny, when it comes to people in our family 
and literally anyone on the left. You look at the Biden family, you look at Hunter Biden, look at the Clintons, look at, at all of the crimes that are so evident to so many people, literally a laptop, a treasure trove of crimes right there in front of people. So obvious that Joe Biden and his entire family have been leveraging his position in government for decades to enrich their family. And yet nothing is done about an obvious national security risk with that. Uh, yet our family is the one who constantly receives the attacks. If any of us as little as jaywalked, they would lock us up and throw away the key. And we know that. So obviously it wasn't a surprise to see all of this happen. Uh, I think it, it was obviously tough to, to watch my father-in-law have to go through that. But what I can tell you is this man is so resilient. I don't know, honestly, anyone else who could take what he has taken over the past seven or so years and want to keep doing this. It would have been so easy for him to say, you know what, this one, I'm going to sit out this one. I'm going to go play golf. I, I'm I, somebody else can take the reins because America is in trouble. It's going to take a lot of work to get America back to a place that we even recognize at this point. But he didn't do that. He said, I'm willing to take more. I'm willing to take all the arrows because I am. he probably is the last line we have to hold on to our constitutional republic, to keep any form of democracy together in our country. Because at this point, it really does feel to so many people like what we've seen happen is things that you would see happen in a communist authoritarian country that regimes would implement. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime of, co of course, Joseph Stalin's right-hand man said that. Well, it seems as though Alvin Bragg is the right-hand man to the Democrat party here. He has done just that. It is ridiculous. It is laughable. Everyone knows it, but I think it only helps my father-in-law because I think a lot of people woke up over the past week and realized what's going on in our country. So now there's no statute of limitations. And now you can indict a former president or people who formerly ran for president. Are you finally in favor of you'd be in jail because you'd be in jail? That promise that was made nigh on seven years ago to Hillary Clinton. Are you now in favor? Turnabout is fair play going after Hunter, going after Joe, Republican district attorneys or the DOJ under a second Trump administration. Is the Trump family in favor of finally prosecuting the crimes, the evidentiary crimes of Democrats that either held the office of the president before you, like the Clintons or the Obamas, or attempted to hold that office like Hillary Clinton. Well, that's the precedent that they want to set, isn't it? That's exactly the Pandora's box that they have opened here. And anyone who championed this on the left, people who might not like Donald Trump and said, great, let's get Donald Trump on anything. Who cares if there's any basis to it? Get him. You, you got to be careful with these things, Benny, because today, of course, it is Donald Trump. He is the one under the gun. He is the one under the spotlight. He is the one they're going after, despite no crime being committed. But tomorrow, it could be somebody in the Democrat Party. If Republicans get control, if it's a Republican DA, like you just said, I think w without a doubt, we need to get to the bottom of what is going on with the Biden family. There's a reason that Joe Biden has basically forgotten the China even exists? Could it be the tens of millions of dollars his family has accrued as it relates to China? What was it that they paid for? What was the job that they were doing? They certainly didn't have golf courses like the Trump family. They certainly didn't have real estate anywhere or an, a, an entire business infrastructure like my father-in-law has had for 40 years now. What was it that they were selling? 
We should know that as the American public, because you have things like COVID-19 that matter, that, of course, Xi Jinping has not been questioned on by uh, Joe Biden in any capacity. Just look the other way. Nothing to see here. A spy balloon that we now know gathered actual real intelligence with nuclear sites, with Air Force bases as it traversed the entirety of our country. And yet, really, nothing to hold China accountable there. So I think at the very least, if my father-in-law gets back in the White House, if Republicans take full control of the Senate, and we know that, thank God, they have the House at this point, we need to investigate that and we need to get to the bottom of that because that is a national security risk. That is something that every American should find frightening. Why is it that Joe Biden hasn't held China accountable? And make no mistake about it, Benny, they are waiting, they are salivating with every breath to see when they can take us over as the superpower of the world is the only thing that China cares about. They're waiting for the moment to strike and they see a window right now. Yeah, we've been speaking with some legal experts about how this would work and not just an esoteric, you know, we should go after him, but really, how would you go after them? And there's a deep red MAGA state run by one of your best friends, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Inside of Arkansas, there's a district attorney that oversees the county where the Clinton Foundation is founded and currently resides. So the Clinton Foundation is, of course, the most fraudulent, called the most fraudulent organization uh, to ever exist. It's called a nonprofit. It is anything but. It is the largest money laundering scandal possibly in American history of foreign dollars in cash directly to the Clintons. Um, why not look into that? Would you be in favor of that? Well, sure. Look, if if people are, are doing things that are against the law and it's harming people, absolutely it should be looked into. You know, one of the saddest things to come out of the 2016 election, speaking of charities and, and real charities, I mean, um, is the Eric Trump Foundation. Some people might know that when my husband, Eric, was 23 years old, he decided instead of going out and partying with all of his friends and like so many people his age would do, he would instead start a foundation to raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to fund the you know most horrible childhood cancers, finding research and, and cures for these sorts of things. And he had the Eric Trump Foundation, which raised $30 million, built a state-of-the-art ICU and surgery center for St. Jude. It is there in Memphis, Tennessee. Great place to visit. It'll change your life if you ever have a chance. But because the Democrats are so spiteful, they tried to insinuate that a charity foundation, my husband's Eric Trump Foundation, with one of the lowest expense ratios of any private charity in America, would somehow be a problem that Donald Trump couldn't handle having a son with a charity because people might donate to that, Benny, and expect favors from Donald Trump, that we had somehow done something wrong. We hadn't had no paid employees whatsoever. So what did we do? Eric and I stepped away from that charity. That charity, as, as we started it, no longer exists today. And guess who is hurt by that? It is the kids at St. Jude. It is the kids that, that maybe won't have the same funding that they otherwise would have had it not been for the spiteful Democrats. They're absolutely disgusting and disgraceful. Uh, but yes, if it is the Clinton Foundation and if they have done something wrong, we should know about it. And, and I think the American people deserve to know that, no doubt, and I would be in favor of that. What would be your message to Hunter Biden, given the current developments, uh, uh, considering the fact that, of course, his dad 
right, occupies the uh, an oval shaped office on 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue. Uh, what would what would what would what would be your message uh, to him given given the current events? Well, Hunter Biden falls in a very different category than any of us in the Trump family, as we know, because if any of us had tried to do any of the things that Hunter Biden has actually does, there's photographic and video evidence of him doing, we would be locked up right now. If we uh, falsified a federal document, gun application, we'd be in jail right now. If there was proof of us doing drugs, uh, illegal drugs with prostitutes, we would be in jail right now. So Hunter Biden falls in a very different category than the rest of us. But what I would say to him is you might want to talk to your dad. You might want to talk to folks in your party. And you might want to remind them that if this is the way they want to play the game, then I think you're you know, going to be next in line. There's very clear evidence of laws that you broke. And maybe you want to reconsider weaponizing a system against somebody who committed no crime because you actually committed crimes and we all know it and they're plain as day. Uh, so it is a dangerous game that is being played right now. It is just disgusting to see the way it has all transpired. But again, Benny, I really do think that it's going to wake people up. I think it's already starting to happen. You see the donations to the Trump campaign, $10 million since last Thursday's announcement of this indictment. And a quarter of the people who have donated to the Trump campaign have never before donated to Donald Trump in any campaign cycle before it speaks volumes. Wow. Uh, yes, I would like to end on a positive note here. Final question, the polling uh, just out from this morning. This is post-indictment Republican primary polling average. Uh, Donald Trump's largest lead plus 33 percent advantage from Trafalgar and Insider. Uh, Trump's lowest lead is still a 30 point average. Uh, th this is this is this is a pretty profound uh, 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 sense of where the country is right now. Uh, and obviously the Republican base uh, coming to your side, your message to the Republican base. Uh, and what is the campaign strategy going forward? Well, I think not just to the Republican base, to anybody who loves this country, who any for anyone who wants to see America continue to be the superpower of the world, the greatest country on earth, now is the time we have to make a stand. I mean, we have seen, Benny, since 2016, we've talked about how how precarious it really feels in our country, how close we are to losing the country we've always known. It is more evident now than ever that this is the time we have to make a stand. This is the time we have to unite. We have to come together. We have to back someone who we know will go in that White House, who we know will bring America back. We know it because he did it before. He obviously knows how to do it. He will do it again. And he knows all of the characters in Washington, D.C. He knows the swamp. He knows who they are. He exposed them all the first time. He'll flush them down the drain the second time. We need to rally together and we need to do it as soon as possible because our country is literally depending on it. From your mouth to God's ears, Godspeed, Laura Trump, thank you for the fortitude of you and your family in this time. The American people are with you. Thank you so much. Ooh, man, ladies and gentlemen, this is certainly going to be a campaign issue 
for Donald Trump, and it is inspiring. Every single time I speak with one of the Trump children or one of the uh, close proximity members of the Trump family, uh, it is remarkable, the strength of these individuals. It's hard as somebody with a family myself, and you presumably have a family. It is so difficult to see your family go through tough times, see your family attacked. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. I, I mean, I truly don't. I've known the Trump family for quite a while, and I, I truly do not know how they do it. Um, your prayers, I can tell you this, are certainly appreciated. Alvin Bragg wants Trump trial in January 2024 during Republican primary, in case you need further evidence, of course, that this is all a political racketeering, like, like, crime syndicate level racketeering uh, against Donald Trump in order to rig once more uh, the election. Alvin Bragg is attempting to interfere in our democratic process. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has, of course, called for Alvin Bragg uh, to be dragged before Congress. Even Mitt Romney defending Donald Trump. Romney defends Trump after indictment. Alvin Bragg is setting a dangerous precedent. Holy schmoly, guys. You're you're getting you're getting uh, yourself to a situation that, as Laura Trump just said, you're going to really regret this. You're going to regret it. OK, uh, this ain't going to this ain't going to work out well for you. And you're seeing, of course, the uh, degradation of the Biden case for staying a free man. Biden aide Kathy Chung refutes classified documents were locked in a closet. James Comer saying that he's finding uh Lies, just like open lies being told right now by the Biden regime as he begins to interview uh, various members of the Biden staff as it pertains to the classified document. Why does it fall to Congress? I thought there was a special counsel looking into Joe Biden. Here's James Comer saying uh, Biden's evergreen headline, Biden's lying to you. I saw something today that you deposed one of Joe Biden's little assistants, Ms. Chung and asked her about how she was squirreling documents all over D.C. What did you learn about Biden hiding classified documents? Yeah, we learned a lot today. And remember, there are two investigations oversight committee uh, that George, Jim Jordan's on as well uh, that we're conducting Joe Biden, the influence peddling and also his mishandling of classified documents. We brought Kathy Chung in today for a transcribed interview. And I want to thank Ms. Chung publicly for working and cooperating with our committee and answering questions. We learned a lot. First of all, we learned uh, that uh, the documents didn't just uh, start mysteriously moving around in December of 2022 or November of 2022, like the White House has alleged, she said this dates back to May of 2022, that the documents were moved from the vice presidency to at least three different locations in a personal vehicle. No. Oh. And why they were in three different locations, we don't know. They weren't stored behind any lock. One of the locations was in Chinatown. Chinatown. Another location was in the Penn Biden Center, which might as well have been Chinatown by looking at where their money was coming from. And that the White House has never been honest with the American people. All right. So they're going in, ladies and gentlemen. They're going in. We, look, we very, very much look forward to the Biden news cycle once more, the Biden crime family news cycle once more. Donald Trump did have multiple victories yesterday. The re-kickstarting of the 2024 campaign is one of them. And then Donald Trump had a literal victory yesterday against Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels was ordered by the Ninth Circuit to pay Donald Trump upwards of $600,000 
uh, Fox News could not withhold their laughter. They literally were laughing hysterically. Uh, the straight news reporters, not Tucker Carlson, straight news reporters on Fox. Uh, this was the best clip of the day uh, as it pertains to this story. Watch. Um, it, interesting. You know, we're getting some messages from uh, people in the Trump um, circle. Uh, Eric Trump saying this just happened. The Ninth Circuit just awarded Trump one hundred and twenty one thousand dollars in attorney fees from Stormy Daniels. Order just released. This is an addition, he says, to the 500000 that she already owes him. Um, obviously, interesting timing uh, on that one, Brett. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's mean, not exactly the it's not the stuff of a political slogan. Vote for me. I collected $121,000 from a porn star I had an encounter with. Oh, good. <laughs> Bill, your thoughts on that uh, on that judgment? I mean, I mean, that was expected. I mean, uh, he, he's entitled to those fees. It, the, the timing, I have to say, is very <laughs> curious. And it does raise this issue of, you know, sort of the underlying issues that we're talking about here, you know. Um, but I'm afraid, you know, we're going to this is just the beginning of a two years where, you know, we're going to have a lot of heavy breathing about a lot of legal developments. And it's unfortunate because it'll divert attention from the serious issues that the country face and we have to wrestle with in this election. The energy, ladies and gentlemen, is moving in Donald Trump's direction. Uh, that is undeniable. Last night, there was a, a static and deeply energetic event at Mar-a-Lago, and a intrepid young reporter who works for the show was there. His name is Danny D'Urbina, and he joins us now. Danny, we really appreciate you coming on the program. We wanted to get you last night, but there was like no cell phone service at Mar-a-Lago. But you were tweeting and yeah. you were posting and it was uh, really inspiring what you were putting up there. The energy was real. It was it was definitely real. Uh, we had a little camera issues here last minute, but we did not have camera issues last night, thankfully. Um, <laughs> yeah, the energy was high. I mean, it was 2016 energy. We were like it was back. Um, I mean, it, it, Trump was playing Elvis through like the loudspeakers. Kings <laughs> recognize kings, you know, uh, king of rock. Or, or, in this case, the, the great MAGA king recognizes the, the king of rock. Um, but there, there was like this sense of like the, the gravity of the moment in the room. Like people understood what was happening. There was a sense of, of vindication almost, right? Because mm -hmm. um, it's not just about election interference, even though that, that is what they're doing here. Um, they're trying to put this man in jail. And above all, it's more than just destroying a man. That's destroying America. That's mm -hmm. their ultimate goal. And so, you know, this this is this is a person who this is a room of like all of his you know biggest supporters. Um, and then they understood that this guy was almost their messenger. Um, that he was fighting the this machine that for so long was pitted against them, the ruling class. Um, and so, if you wanted a golden escalator moment, like we had in 2016, I mean, this was it. It, it almost came full circle, right? He went back to New York um, to Trump Tower, where the golden escalator is, and he got, you know, arraigned. He got his charges read out to him, um, had to plead guilty for uh, 34 times. And so people are, people are, the energy's back. Uh, people are, are realizing that this is almost bigger than just a single election or, you know, just a primary. It's, it, it, we really are fighting for the survival of our republic. Um, and so I think that energy was definitely there last night. Yep. Yep. It wasn't just inside the room, it was outside of the room. A lot of your posts had to do with the uh, people standing along the roadside. Talk to me about sort of the what you saw as you headed into Mar-a-Lago last night. 
this is amazing. So this is probably like maybe half a mile or a little bit more away from Mar-a-Lago. And these streets were just lined with supporters. I mean, all down the road, you had massive Trump flags, massive American flags, uh, people chanting, playing YMCA, dancing along. Um, the energy is high. It, it's back because um, people are they, they, they're kind of woken up by this. How can you not be right? Yeah. Um, and I, it's back. I would say that that's the energy. My favorite tweet was this uh, Superman Trump guy. I think we have the tweet here. This is Superman Trump. Yeah, so, with the... so Trump actually joined the ranks. Um, he was he was out there waving <laughs> waving an American flag. Um, and by the way, th- those Trump uh, trading card holders are are raking it in that cash right now. Those are like worth tens of thousands of dollars now. So <laughs> the, I think that's what he's doing. NFTs? That was like the superhero. Yeah, that was his like one of the cards. So. Um, <laughs> So as you, I mean, as you see this, you cover, you cover, uh, you cover news, obviously you work with this channel and we love having you. You're always on to watch these Biden events with us. And I've never seen a Biden supporter standing in the street. I mean, am I wrong? Am I being unfair there? Have I, has there ever been like a Biden street standing, uh, room only support for Biden line? I haven't seen that. The only supporter I've seen for Biden standing along the road is if he falls off his bike, there's someone there to pick him up. Um, so it's more of like a physical, physical support kind of thing. Um, but no, no real supporters. I mean, there, there is a sense that he, he's really destroying our country. Um, and so that was felt last night. I mean, last night, if you want to talk about sort of the weaponization of the judicial system, Jeremy Sixers kind of comes to mind. And last night, Trump had his little iPad while he was eating dinner. Um, <laughs> And he played the the January 6th choir national anthem. Um, everyone at the club stood up, hand over heart, complete silence, reverence for uh, the national anthem. And then at the end, actually, people actually started singing along. Um, so it was kind of a, a really powerful moment that, that was felt last night. Wow. Uh, what was your overall takeaway? What would be your overall tweet of last night, right? Your, your Twitter-sized takeaway from last night having seen all the sights and sounds of the event yeah we're not going anywhere right i mean trump was he was he had so much energy he had been he had traveled to new york um be subject to the weaponization of the judicial system by alvin bragg um he flew back to mar-a-lago gave a one-hour speech and then went back to the club had dinner and then stood up and greeted every single person in the club when I wow. shook his hand, I told him, uh, Mr. President, it's a great honor. The great MAGA king himself. He laughed and he said, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did the yes meme, the Wojak meme. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's energized. Um, he, he literally stood up, greeted every single person in the club. Um, and yeah, I got to say, like, that, that should tell you a lot about the man and sort of what, um, what he knows he's fighting against. He's not giving up. Um, and I think honestly, after seeing the charges that were brought up yesterday, you kind of should be happy. I mean, if the charges are so bad, why won't fat Alvin tell us what they are? Um, and it's interesting. You know, they're charging him with election interference, but then it's, you know, I think there's a law in New York that allows, um, illegals to vote in elections, but we don't enforce those laws. We just put them in right. force our hotels in New York city. So. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's important to, to note here that uh, Danny is 20 years old. Yeah, 20. There's hope for America. There's hope for America yet. 
we keep telling you on this program. And if you wish to have more hope injected into your Twitter feed, go follow Danny. Here is his Twitter account, Danny DeUrbina, 20-year-old culture warrior on campus. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. We can get him up to 50,000 followers today. Let's get Danny up to 50,000 followers today. Let's make sure that we invest in the next generation to save America. Danny, parting uh, parting words for the audience? Um, we we got to keep fighting. Um, and I, I think if if that if the energy in that room tells me anything, if the demeanor of Trump tells me anything, is we're not going anywhere. And I think um, you know we we sort of believe in in biblical justice over uh, earthly justice. And if it's not biblical justice, it's not over yet. Um, yes. And so I think we can't lose hope there. And uh, we just got to keep praying for this country and keep moving forward. And I think we'll win. That is the way. That is the way. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Appreciate it. What a perfect lead into our verse of the day. Biblical justice versus earthly justice. That's right. You are seeing the corruption, of course, of earthly justice. You're seeing the corruption during Holy Week of all weeks of earthly justice. Take from that what you will. Uh, we certainly take from it that we must look to the truth, the real truth, the truth that comes from the divine and not the made up, fabricated and corrupted pseudo truth, the blackness of the human heart, the sickness inside of the human soul that Stretches all the way back to Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Read Genesis, man. Noah, the flood. Are we there again? Is it raining outside? Yikes, man. Seriously, people have always built towers to themselves. They've always fancied themselves God. Tower Babel is in like the first chapter of Genesis. This has always been something inside of the human condition. And so do not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Look to true truth in moments like this and you will be comforted. Remember, Christ's name is the Prince of Peace. Have peace. Put on the full armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 11. St the schemes of the devil are about, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they're replacing statues of Moses in New York, courthouses with literal demons, literal statues of demons little on the nose there, isn't it? Put on the full armor of God and fight the devil. Fighting the devil, that's what we do here. We're exercising those demons and we're doing it with you every single day. It's your boy, Benny. This has been The Benny Show. See ya.